a genius again, Nostradamus, one of his four players and two of his top four. Listen, I said it. Molina Mike, tear him apart. I mean, I, I told you, there's four guys you've got to beat if you want to win these tournaments. There's four guys you've got to beat. But, you know, what can I say? Come on, I, I got to get, get you two going at it right away. Come on, Mike, tear him apart. <clears throat> I got nothing for Jimmy today. <laughs> usually, usually i do and i don't shy away from it uh but yeah i mean lofty gave him all all the hell he could handle i did go and say mika was going to give shane some problems and and he did and he should have put him away but he didn't um alvin just looked like a runaway train so what can you do you know but i think the two best players were there it's remarkable what what alvin's done over the last two years um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's the man's day, the man's yep. week, the man's year. We're going to, we're going to get, we're definitely going to get into Albin. Cause I think, uh, I think the serious question needs to be asked is Albin the, the greatest or, or at least the best tournament player on earth today. Cause I, I, I think that's a very, I think it's a good question to ask, but we'll, we'll get to that in the future. Let's talk about Shane first. Demetrius, you have been one of the biggest Shane Van Boning fans closeted your entire life. You have like you in our private conversations, all you do is like worship the dude. How do you feel today? It was a very, very emotional day. Um, you know, there's a lot of narratives attached to it. But in the end, um, here's a guy that just, you know, took his, you know, worked hard his whole life, got to the highest level of pool, um, did everything you could possibly do, you know, under the sun with pool, except win a world title overseas. And, uh, you know, for, for him to, for him to get it done the way it went down. I mean, it's just very, very heartwarming. You know, I, I, I think that there was a lot of questions about whether or not that would ever happen in his life and, and to see it come together. It's really, really awesome, man. I, I would say that that might've been my number one pool memory like if there was a match of pool in my lifetime that was kind of profound i'd say that was it and you've uh i mean you've you've sparred up with him plenty of times when he came to the cities i mean you were probably agent zero for him you know him or jesse engel that he called up to basically spar around with i mean you've you've played a ton of pool with this guy too how does i mean how does that feel knowing that you've now played with the world champion uh you know it, that doesn't I mean, I appreciate the question. I've played Shane many times. I've also played him a lot in tournaments uh, regionally and nationally. I just run into the guy. It's like, don't buy me in the Calcutta if he's in the field because I'll probably end up playing him. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I've, of course, I've played him a long time. I've known him a long time. But in the end, uh, you know, I mean, I've played many world champions. Fortunately, I've had the opportunity. And uh, But but really, I mean, you know, I've played some world champions that – happen to win a world championship that weren't necessarily like, for example, I, uh, I took a set off Daryl peach one time and it's like, it, it still didn't, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to discredit the guy at all, but, but there's, it takes an amazing person to win a world championship, but Shane is one of a few it, that's, that's beyond that. And, uh, and so it was really cool to see it, him get that title. Yeah. Sure. Mike, what's your thoughts on it? Just as a general thing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like Demetrius. It was emotional for me too, and I try to not to get my my fan, you know, appreciation get caught up in that in that mess. You know, I try to be unbiased when I can, and you know, um, but I was a hundred percent rooting for the guy 
from the final i mean really since the mika match because i was half asleep and i got up and it's like 10 to 4 or something or 10 to 3 and then i got to watch the entire comeback which is pretty remarkable and i didn't think he had a chance in hell i i didn't you know not until like 10 8 um but like i was emotional man and i don't get that way when it comes to seeing stuff like that but like certain certain times in my life when i'm watching sports and certain storylines just really hit home for me and hit in my in my soul and that's one of them because i wanted to see him get that monkey off his back and you can see the emotion and the true happiness even when he made it just to the final i think emily posted that picture of shane just smiling from ear to ear like that's like a kid in, you know on christmas morning type of smile you know completely from every ounce of your being type stuff and um when he started to make that push you know like 10-6 it's like get there just get there and i'm yelling at the tv and i'm cussing at it when when the when albin jumps that that ball the the, the second jump you know i'm jumping up and down and i'm and, yeah and i'm pacing and i'm sweating and my hands are sweating and i was rooting for the guy 150 percent. i really was and i couldn't be more happy for him sure jim i don't think we should underestimate what a massive day that is what just happened i mean it's the moment that everybody's been waiting for for 20 years you know and some people were starting to doubt whether or not it would ever happen and I personally, I, I, I know that a lot of people in, in a lot of sports, they like the old, the best player never to have sort of category. You know, you had it in golf with Colin Montgomery, was what like world number one for many years, never won one of the majors. You had it in snooker with, uh, with Jimmy White, never winning the, the, the world championships. <clears throat> it's not a nice tag to have, to be that one guy, you know? And uh, it would have been... A, it, it would have been it would have been indicative of nine ball pool, but also a tragedy at the same time if it had never happened for Shane, because that is how nine ball pool works. You know, you don't necessarily have the best player winning all the time. You know, it's right. so unpredictable. So many strange things can happen. But it would have been it would have been crazy to think that Shane could have played for all those years and it would continually not happen for him, being as good as he is. So, I mean, I was personally delighted. Um, I. You know, I, I, I don't I don't carry the whole Europe USA Moscone Cup kind oh of Oh my god. I, 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 I don't carry I don't carry that outside <laughs> of the four days that the Moscone Cup goes on. I just personally don't. I don't think the players do either. Um so I was kind of I was even rooting for, for, for Shane. I'd have probably been about fifty five, forty five for Shane to win that. Because <clears throat> God knows if he hadn't have won that match. It becomes even more unlikely that he that he gets. There would have been a lot of talk about his legacy if he goes and falls short again in the third in, in and the third world there, championship final. There's questions about you know the, the greatness of him. Is he is he is he the greatest of all time? Well, let's get into that. I, well, I want to wait, transition wait, 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 let, me, let me let me just finish. What I was going to say there, there was always going to be a question about you know he hasn't won a world title. For me now, he is in any conversation, and if he's not in any conversation about being the greatest of all time then it's the wrong people having the conversation you know well, i'm not saying he is but he's in that group now well that's that i want to there's a reason i left rob for last because i wanted to have this conversation with him being the resident old guy here uh <laughs> if you're not putting shane as number one all time who i mean who who rob is he the greatest of all time with this win 
That's a tough question. I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed the interview that uh, Kelly and him had because uh, she kind of brought out uh, how important this particular tournament was to him in his own personal life and, and, and all the achievements he's ever got except this one and, and what it meant to him. And, and he came out with the facts that it means a lot. This really did. This was this tournament was really important in his career to capture. And I, you know, I like that. And then they talked about the commentators talked in the earlier matches about uh, the side he was breaking from on the table. You know, he's breaking from the right side, you could say, and and his opponent was breaking better from the left side. And and they talked about whether he would switch sides or not and what he would do. And then he just, when Kelly asked him that too, uh, he just said, yeah, I'm going to switch sides. I'm going to go to that side where the balls are breaking up a little bit better in there. And he said, I can't, his exact words were, I can't afford to have dry breaks uh, playing these kinds of players I'm playing because you're going to lose. You break dry twice in a race to 11, you're going to lose. Uh, and his 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 match with Mika, of course, was beyond reason. Seriously, the the only other match I can think of I've ever watched and witnessed was uh, when Alan Hopkins was ahead ten to zero in a race to eleven out in Vegas one year, and he lost eleven to ten. And and it was uh, you can see the pain and the agony on uh, uh, his opponent's. Uh, his face when he lost that match and and you could you could get the feel throughout the match that there was a chance it was going to happen because when he did get turns in the middle of that match he had he had opportunities you know not not to lose that and he didn't take advantage of them and and uh so i i got that feeling too i think is he the greatest pool player of all time uh because of because of this particular win, boy, I, that, I, I'm, I'm at a crossroads there. I mean, we've had, you know, 70 years of uh, world-class pool playing by just magnificent players uh, through the times. I mean, when things changed to nine ball from straight pool, a lot of other things changed too, and that was attitudes of people uh, uh, around the world, pool players. Uh, here, here, all of a sudden, we had this game where somebody could sit in their chair for an hour and 20 minutes and not get a turn. I think Albin was there about that long for part of that finals. <laughs> well, well, yes, 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 of course. You know what? You know what? Out of the the score, final score, 11 is 6, correct? That's 13-6. Uh, I mean, 13-6, yes. Uh, the... You know, the jump shot that he made was poignant to me because he just feathers that seven ball. And the cue ball is going to go that way. You know that. He knows that. Everybody does. It has to. It can't go any other way. But they end up with that seven ball right in between the cue ball and the next shot. Immediately, I, I said to myself, wow, that was an ugly roll. And, and you know, that was that was just a little unlucky. Makes a great shot, and he really made a pretty darn good shot on the on the next ball in the corner because that kind of hit the back of the pocket and jumped out, and then the cue ball goes in. So you know that I mean he hit the ball good, uh, 
And and so I I I really felt for him a little bit, but then of course Shane takes advantage of that mistake, and and it was in a you know a, well, he's on the hill I think at the time right when that happened, I mean, uh, so that couldn't happen yeah. for him at it. That couldn't happen. That un kind of unforced error, that little bit of a bad role, couldn't have happened at a better time for him. And and sure. of course he played, he played great. He just did, uh, but other guys did too. Uh, I would have to come back next week and do some analyzing over the, all the years I've watched pool and watched uh, uh, great players play to say whether I think uh, it's like, who's the best golfer in the world? You know, is it tiger or is it Jack? I mean, there's arguments on both sides. So um, yeah, I couldn't just snap like this Nate, and give you a, a yes. He is the best, always will be the best or whatever. And no, all I, I, uh, I I just can't give you a, a definite on that. The one thing that stood out for me was his was his attitude in that final. He was it, it just seemed the entire time he just seemed determined to let Albin at the table as little as possible. Right. If he if he had a you talk about players playing the percentages, you know, and you look at a ball and you think, okay, I've got a safety here and I'm I'm 70, I'm 70, 30 to make a, a lockup safe and I'm 60, 40 to make the shot. He was taking the 60, 40s because he just wanted to keep Albin off the table. And some of the balls he made just to start his racks, you know, he wasn't getting a clean look all the time at his lowest ball after the break. And he'd made a decision early in the tournament. I am hitting this break as hard as I can. The consistency he had hitting the break that hard and stopping that cue ball in the middle of the table every single time. I think I could probably count on one hand how many times he lost the cue ball on his break, hitting it as hard as anybody was in the entire tournament. He just went all out aggression, aggression, aggression. And in the final, he knew I got to keep Alvin off the table. I can't give him the chance with winner breaks to peg these racks back. Well, Demetrius, as, as, what do you think of that? Amazing to watch. It was just so strong mentally in his head. Yeah. As our... Well, I, I think, uh, and I want to, at some point, I want to respond to the greatest of all time question. But as far as the his aggression level, uh, I know that uh, when it comes to, you know, and, and of course, we also have to get back to Elvin at some point, because I think Elvin is such a great mover uh, when it comes to, when it comes to a player who just knows how to extract the maximum from every situation. I mean, when Elvin has an opportunity to convert, like a scoring opportunity, he converts. When he has a good safety opportunity, he lays it down well. When he's got a bad safety opportunity, he finds ways. And we saw it twice, two shots stick out to me. Once he had to jump kick at a ball and he, Shane played a good safe. He jumped and kicked at it and stuck his cue ball and knocked the ball up table, left Shane a really table legs. Oh, that was when the one six tied up and it, yeah. Shane couldn't do anything with it. And he went on to win that game. Another time, uh, Shane when actually when Shane kicked in the one ball and then he played a return save on the two, Elvin kicked and stuck again and you know with a high ball with a cue ball hit, kicked the two up table and left Shane another length of the table shot off the end rail and Shane had to come with back to back, real uh, very difficult shots. Uh, of course, Shane made them, which is stupendous. But the point is, is that when Elvin's in a good spot, he converts. When he's in a favorable spot, he gets the maximum. When he's in a bad spot, he makes you earn it. I, he just. He is such a dangerous opponent to let to the table. Even when uh, Shane played safe and he had to kick to the head rail twice softly and try to tie up on those balls, it's like, really, you have – so I understand when, Shane, when I was looking at that match, 
I remember thinking if Shane has any chance of winning this match, I felt that he was kind of an underdog going into this thing. Uh, but I, I felt that if he had any chance, it would involve keeping Alvin completely in his chair. And uh, and in the beginning of the back, when it, uh, beginning of the match, when it was one rack, one rack, one rack, one rack, I was really feeling like Shane. That wasn't going to get there for Shane uh, because it was just a matter of time before Alvin laid down a huge, you know, package or. Uh, or, or or the percentages just ate him alive and album just all moved up the, the rest of the set. And so he, you know, Shane did exactly what he had to do. The kick shot on the one ball where he not just hit it, but made it and then played a return safe and then came with those two hard shots. To me, that was the beginning of the rally. And uh, I think if Shane had done anything less than that, I don't know that it would have worked out. <laughs> so yeah, Shane, you know, the only thing that could work. They, and they say, you know, they say in a, in, a, in a sport like this, you should don't play the occasion. And don't play your opponent. Play the table. Well, Shane didn't play the table. Shane played his opponent, and he played the occasion, and he played right. the game he needed to play for that precise moment right. in time. You know, and it was great to see. It was amazing to see it all. It just, it was. He played the perfect match, yeah. and he even even though he made what what a lot of players, what Shane would probably consider as probably not the correct shot selection all time, but to win that match, he knew he had to. Take those go. extra little risks to yeah. keep Alvin. So it's in not his just chair. play the table all no. the time. It's yeah, to keep Alvin in his chair. You, exactly you have to play the opponent. Brilliant. Some of the shots he played to just to just to get started in his racks mm-hmm. were just were incredible. Just fantastic to watch. Brilliant. We will get back to the the greatest of all time conversation because I think that's an interesting one to have. But uh, Mike, what do you think on everything that's been said about the aggression? Well, I mean, you saw from the very beginning. You know, Shane took on like an early one ball that he missed that let Albin go and tie up the match at one to one, you know, and yeah. he overcut the ball. His his stroke was a little jerky. You know, you can tell he wasn't quite feeling comfortable and Jeremy acknowledged as much, you know, through the first few racks. But once Shane got a rhythm, he was dancing out there and it was right around that midway point of the match. And I never really felt like he was going to go and, and run away with it up until I saw him just have that step. Like that sky kind of step that he that that sky goes and gets, and if you watch sky enough, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, Albin, we didn't really see him as as composed as we usually do when it comes to his safeties. He sold out a couple of balls that I was really surprised of, and what I mean by selling out, like he still left it tough, but we're used to him putting them in dead jail. You know, I know he had that one where Shane had to go and kick at that one ball, which was just phenomenal. I mean, it, but it laid up good too. Um, but there was a few, and I forgot which. It, it was right before, right around that like four six kind of range. Well, he had the uh, one three in, on in, the, in the side rail. He had the one three on the side rail. But to be fair, he yeah. was, he had used up his extension, and the clock started beeping, and he just had to chip the ball and leave distance. He right. didn't. That was one of the yeah. And, and and that's what I mean though, just as far as him like because we're used to him putting them like locking them up where you can't, you're not going to be able to see anything, you know. And they're both really great at that. I um. I don't know. I I never really I never felt like he was going to go and just and just get there because Albin both of their breaks were very inconsistent. That one ball was flying for Albin whenever he did go and get a break. Shane, the only time that cue ball was out of line is whenever it, it got kicked because before he's yeah. hitting it square, it's going right up and it's dead right there in the middle. You know what? We saw Albin make a mistake on his break where he's putting it with too much top. It pop. It pops stops but then that that top just carries it right into that side pocket which was a really big turning point in the match um it was at four four right if i'm not yeah, mistaken right, I think right was four, four. yeah and but i don't think like albin didn't play bad 
Like that's the thing, you know. Yeah. I I thought, and I don't think Shane broke well enough early on to go and win that match. He just he found a gear, and not just that, but Shane capitalized. That's the biggest thing because we've seen in finals when Shane had opportunities before where he didn't go and and keep his opponent sitting down. Because if let's say if it continues on, you know eight six seven seven or eight seven you know nine seven nine nine. All bets are off. I, I'm with Demetrius. I think Alvin was the favorite going into that match, if for nothing else, for a mental edge that he's had Shane's number in the past. You know? So it was just – it was remarkable. You know? Well, I'll give you guys my uh, my interpretation of the match is I honestly saw – I mean, I saw Shane – like, if there's one thing that you can say about Shane when he gets to these big things, it looks like he wants it too bad. Like when you see him playing, the, like he's the last couple semifinals, quarterfinals, he makes it to all the quarterfinal semifinals. And then it just looks like he wants it more than anybody else in the world. And then he just has a couple slip ups because it looks like he's, it just looks like he's trying too hard. It doesn't look like, he looks like he's too rigid out there. He looks like he's just too boxed and he just can't really right. open up and just play his game. And I'm not going to lie to you. I, I saw that again right here. Uh, you know, Mike said that he didn't get settled in until he kind of started putting that uh, that run together at the end of the match when it was uh, six five or whatever. And the next thing you know, it's uh, it's eleven to six. And even when even when Shane is winning those five games, he never looked settled in to me. I mean, it looked like he was starting to get settled in, and then he'd play kind of a loose positional shot and he'd get kind of goofy on a ball. And he you could see you know the cameras go straight to his face and he's kind of he's kind of laughing to himself and you can see that he's talking to himself the entire time. And it just it, that same level of rigidity. I saw in that finals that I saw in the last semifinals for like the last like six years, but he never made the crucial mistake that he would make in other, uh, other of those world championships, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, the finals or whether it's the semis or the quarters or whatever it was. And he just kept on staying in good enough line. And the shot making was just good enough that he never got himself into that position where he made the mistake. I mean, I'm watching him play and I'm like, when is it going to come? When is it going to come? And it just never did. And he just kept on making shot after shot after shot, you know, and, and they were never like crazy shots, but uh, you know, they're just shots that you have to, you know, incorporate a rail. You have to go to the, like, I remember uh, there's an eight, eight ball in the exact center of the table and the nine balls in the top left. And then the, or, uh, the seven ball in the middle of the table, the eight balls in the top left. And then the nine balls right where it's, you know, normally at. And he has to draw a ball back, you know, maybe two inches, something like that. And he ends up drawing it back like eight inches and he has like a back cut on and he has to go all the way to the end rail and then come back up for that ball. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, it's like, it's not a hard shot to execute, but it, he just was always battling with those weird positional shots where he has to incorporate one extra rail. And he just never made the mistake, the ultimate mistake that like got him out and allowed Albin to open up once that uh, six, six was in there. Uh, I, I guess that's kind of my reading of the matches. Like he, he still played too tight, but he just, Never missed. He never got out of line. I, I, I didn't like, see him playing in, in a nine ball final. I just saw him playing nine ball. That was the difference. Like after that, after that middle of the match, he was just playing nine ball. Like he's done his whole life. That's what, that's what I gathered from it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know it's interesting that Mike says that because my take is different than Nate's. I felt like you were saying that you see Shane trying too hard. Uh, I was talking with, uh, you know, my friend Josh and uh, one time he was talking about a player and he was saying that this player fake tries where he's not heart and soul fighting for his life, fighting for the match, but he's trying to try and he's forcing himself to try to like try. And I've kind of felt like since 2016, um, Shane has been 
not, I've, I've said it, you know, I felt that Shane has been not at the same level of mental engagement. He was from 2007 to 2016. He's been, he's kind of been in autopilot mode. I play good. I'm just going to hit the balls in. I'll win when I win. I'll win the matches. I win. Don't I play good enough just to kind of have some things go my way and I'll just turn in good performances and hopefully it's enough. And then, and then in big moments in the last few years, I feel like he's trying to try, but in his heart and soul, he hasn't really been like, it was the first time I've ever seen Shane where Shane looked like he knew he was the underdog. And I've never in the past, Shane would just be like, I know I can get there with anybody. Let's see if it's my day. And yesterday it was like, he was actually trying. So I feel like he's always trying to try, but yesterday, like I could tell, I haven't seen him bear down like that since his first U.S. Open, 2007. Jim, do you have a thought? I mean, if you, if you, I mean, I watched all the interviews and and, and uh, Jeremy was getting interviewed afterwards and said that, that, that there was a conscious decision made by Shane to have a little bit of a different approach. And he was talking to himself during the matches. And that was basically an extra part of almost of his pre-shot routine. You know, it was something that, that he had decided within himself and perhaps with the advice from other people, you know, this is something to go through. There was a there was a lady that was there that was on the matchroom that, that was being interviewed, some sort of psychological coach or mental coach, yeah. whether or not this is something that, 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 that had been discussed with her or not. Yeah. Um, but this is obviously some, something that he brought forward. It's something I haven't seen him do before. Um, perhaps it's a little bit of a distraction for himself to try and relax himself. Perhaps it's just to make sure that he is... In, a, in, a, in his normal pre-shot routine that he's, he's staying within himself. Um, what I saw from Shane during that match was an, an unerring determination to, to win the match and, and not to be given it, not to wait for his opponent to fold. But if I want this, if I want this title, I'm going to have to stand up and I'm going to have to take it. I'm not going to allow my opponent the chance to miss. And Albin ain't that guy. And he knew he couldn't do that with Albin. And that was the most impressive thing for me. That Shane went, it's almost like, you know, Albin was a defending champion, but it's almost like Shane went in there saying, you're not having my title. This is my title and I'm not allowing you the opportunity to take it away from me. You know, you've taken it from me once in 2016. 15. 15, was it? You are not taking it from me this time. This is my title. I'm here, and I am going home with it. And it was that attitude. And I mentioned this before we went live. Not in in none of his matches did he have his like his Captain America shirt, his USA shirt. It was Shane Van Boning. It felt to me like he was standing there, almost without the weight of the USA, the nation, and thinking about the whole, you know. The expectation it's like it's my title i want to be there and i think that that moment that that win over mika when you saw him in his chair and he mentioned himself in one of the interviews in his chair saying at that moment i think he really believed i can go home with this trophy i this is this is you know it's meant to be this is going to be my year and he then he really believed he could do it yeah and i think you saw you saw in the matches after that a shame that 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 was there saying, "I'm Shane Van Boning. You want this? You 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 think you're good enough to beat me? Bring it. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my A game. And if you're gonna beat me, you're gonna have to do something better than me because I ain't gonna. You're getting nothing for free off me. And it was it was, I it was the the for me it's the best I've seen Shane. Maybe not the best I've seen Shane 
play, just pure shot making. But as an overall hard to beat match play, that's the best I've seen him ever play. Just pure match play in a tournament. It was. He was he, he he was John Higgins instead of Ronnie O'Sullivan and the snooker. He was not going to be denied today. He was not going to be denied. There was some of that going on. Sure. And it was great to see. And I'm so I'm so happy for him. I'm, the more I think about it, the, the it's been so good for the game as well. If you look at how oh, social media's blowing up and everybody's talking about it, this is the one that everybody wanted to see. This is a landmark moment in in pool. Everybody's going to know who won the 2022 World Championships. I think uh, I think I think how it yeah I think how it looks at like you can look at um and it's perfect timing that the Masters is going on right and you know it doesn't matter what Bryson DeChambeau does or what Justin Thomas does or what Jordan Spieth does or what Phil Mickelson does it doesn't matter none of those things are even important if Tiger's there once mm -hmm. Tiger's there like that that's it golf is done like we know what every single article is going to be written about what is the tiger doing and honestly like a lot of a lot of pool is shane that i mean he is the tiger of shane it doesn't matter what happens at these events yeah. we're you know it you know maybe this is my usa uh my it homerism is. but 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 even i mean no, even it's so, not I mean, it's a, it's true i i, 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 I got I, espn notifications about tiger's first round you yeah. know, and I'm and I and I'm not subscribed to Tiger Woods updates. I'm I'm I follow golf. They're yeah. giving me the updates of Tiger. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Nate's absolutely right. Here's here, here, here you go. Here, here, here's perfect. Can one of you name me who won the Masters? Yeah, Scotty Scheffler. But yeah, Scheffler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not many. Can you tell me who got have, second. Not many uh, people uh, have scored. Was it Smith or Scott? Or Cameron, Cameron Scott. Uh, Cameron. Yeah. But like the point is, is like you. you I mean. If you ask the average person walking down the street right now who won the Masters on Sunday, I bet I bet less than ten percent of them could tell you. I bet if Tiger won yesterday, no. that ninety you know percent of them would be able to. <laughs> no, you know what it is. The ones that don't have a clue, their guess will be Tiger Woods. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I think that's it. I think I think honestly, I think that's it. I think like Shane Van Boning is the Tiger Woods of golf. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. Everybody everybody cares about whether it's whether if it's for good or bad. I mean, some people hate Tiger Woods, but they hate follow him like crazy. You know, I hate I hate the Dallas Cowboys, but you, you, you damn sure I know what happens to them every single Sunday because I hate follow them like crazy. You know. I think that there's a lot of people who hate Shane Van Boning. There's a lot of there's more people who love Shane Van Boning, and he is the closest thing we have to a celebrity outside of the industry right now. And everybody loves him. I mean, everybody loves him, whether you love to follow him or you love to hate him. You love him. Yeah, and I, I think it's I've never heard is. that before. Hate follow. <laughs> and you know, you know, you know, it's going to be a beautiful moment in 2023. There's going to be a Hall of Fame induction, and he is going to be one of them. And they're going to now induct him as a world champion oh whereas sure. and that that for me makes a massive difference for him to get oh, induction into the hall of fame as sure. a world champion because he's guaranteed he is going to be one of the two for 2023 it's oh, yeah. you know put money on it now it's uh you're not going to get much odds but well i'll say this well, i'm not supposed i'm not supposed to talk about my votes before they happen but uh i i, I, I don't, don't think care. it really matters <laughs> i don't care pinozo uh, Shane yeah. Van Boning is going to be getting my vote, and I am a yeah. Hall of Fame. I am a Hall of Fame voter. He will be I, getting my vote. I promise. Well, that might be something Jim might actually bet on for once in his yeah. life. That, I think that might be, that might be something you bet on, Jim. I, well, okay, I'll, I'll make a bet with you. Out of, all the, <laughs> out of all the inductions that have happened, 2023 will be the highest winning percentage. <laughs> 
if, yeah. if, if somebody I votes no that. for Shane Van Voning, I want to find out who they are. Yes. And I'm, I can't and, imagine anybody that, that gets it, given a vote no, honestly, not vote Shane. <laughs> honestly, if, if Shane does not make it in and there is somebody who votes it, like one person who votes against him, I honestly might even say like, I'm pulling, I, like I'm, I'm done voting if that person continues to have a vote. <laughs> I, I might have to. Like if, if somebody, no. Well, I, you know. Can I get a vote? <laughs> to be honest, actually, I guess uh, how it works out is like uh, there are a lot of um, so how the voting happens is there's there's three people or there's three categories of voters. There are the the voters who are the active living Hall of Famers. So that'd be like a Kelly Fisher, Darren Appleton, Meek, Eminem, people, you know, live people who are uh, members of it, uh, media people which is where I get my vote from. And then um, billiard historian type of people who, you know, they, they write, wrote books, you know, stuff like that. They've had, uh, they're, they're historians of the game. Uh, and I guess, uh, could I see, you know, one of his peers not wanting him in or not wanting him to get uh, a unanimous just because of, you know, jealousy or, you know, maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's, you know, I could see that happening, but if somebody like in the the cat the second or third category vote against him, like it's just I I I, I, I I'd be I'd be a problem. So let's let's go back to the greatest of all time uh, debate. Uh, and I I've always been of the mindset it's um, for me it's Efren for both not only on the table but off the table. I mean the dude's a you know he never looks happy to take a picture with somebody, but he doesn't say no to people. You know, he doesn't, you know, he can take a picture with you and doesn't have to look, you know, happy about it. And I think that's, it's actually kind of charming to, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's actually kind of charming to see all the pictures he takes and how he's always grumpy in them, but he always takes them. And then every now and then you'll see one where he's actually happy. And I was like, wow, that person must be important. But, um, I've always been of the mindset. It's, uh, it's, it's Efren, but I, I think if, I think if Shane would win like a 10 ball title. I think I, I think I would have to switch. I think, but I, I'm still in the effort camp. But let's let's hear what you guys' thoughts are, Mike. What what do you think? Yeah, I don't care. I think he's one of the best of all time. I don't know if he's the goat or not. Or I mean, right. other people can go and have that debate. I think he's one of the best players of the modern age. Yeah. But I could say the same thing about Dennis. I could say the same thing about Albin right now with the way he's playing. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of players that have greatness now. There's a lot of players who have greatness before. And but I do think it cements his legacy. I don't think you can go and say anything else about Shane. You know, whatever whatever thoughts you had as far as him coming up short or or him not being able to get the big one or those days are done. He'll done. always be introduced as a world champion for the rest of his life. And that's what he that's the sport needed that. Yeah. Demetrius. Yeah, I've been thinking about it since uh since it got brought up. And I would say that the the problem with the GOAT title is that there's not only is there a huge raging debate about who it should be, but there's even a debate about what should be, what are the metrics that we measure? And for me personally, when I think about a player's greatness, there's three things that stand out. The first is dominance over their competition. The second is their longevity. How long, you know, are they in action? And then the third one is uh, what they do for the game. Do they elevate the game? And when I look back, one of the things that makes Efren uh, so, so special is, of course, he was competitive for many, many years. Uh, and he actually, in some ways, elevated the game. He made contributions to the game. The game was not the same after Efren was around as it was before it was. The only thing that Efren, and, and Efren, I mean, for sure, first mentioned in any GOAT conversation with Poole, and he had a magic about him 
uh, that was just super special. The only thing I'd say is if, if somebody was going to be analytical about it, which is hard for effort because I just feel it's a feeling thing, but he didn't dominate over his peers, like against Mike Siegel and, and Errol Strickland. And I mean, he, he won his share. He was there, you know, Johnny Archer, but he didn't like dominate and elevate the game exactly in that way. Uh, he did with the kicking. So what I'm saying is I feel like effort for sure is to the first name on that list. What I've seen with Shane is that, first of all, I, I really do believe that that Shane elevated the game when he came on in 2007. I think that the European invasion, um, I think, well, I shouldn't say that, but I think that the, the standards of play that you see in 2017 are directly a reflection of Shane raising the bar in 2007 and then all those 8 and 10 and 12-year-olds watching him play and then duplicating that in a lab and showing up 10 years later. Now everybody plays that way. I think Shane pushed the bar up in pool. I do. Uh, I think that, um, and I think that he also dominated over this competition from 2007 to 2016. I think he was the most dominant player in the world at a time when the competition was tougher than it ever was. Uh, so in the nineties and the eighties. And so, so I think, I think that his domination over his opposition for 10 years was I don't know that we'll ever see that again as pool is right now. So then, so then you've got those two things, domination, elevating the game. The problem was the longevity. 10 years to be at the top, obviously, you know, I've got zero, so he's caught me clipped. But the point is, is that it's not 30, 40 years. And, and, and after the last five years of him kind of being kind of in a little bit of a muddled haze, it seems like, uh, I guess if there, and so you look at his longevity as a slight little asterisk, and then you look at his uh, lack of a world title as a slight asterisk as to like, is he the greatest of all time? So now you you add in that world championship, and all of a sudden, if he you know if he rallies hard and goes on and, and has another second win in his career, and you know has another winning decade, um, that does a lot to cement him as a real real strong candidate for going. Yeah, I I like uh, Aaron Lake's comment here. Uh, maybe he says the goat has to uh, include multiple disciplines. Uh, Who's the best all-around player right now? Masters of the table, you know. All-around player right now. Dennis. Right now, who's the Fedor. best all-around player? Fedor. Fedor. Dennis. You th you, th you think you think Fedor can go and 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 beat Shane in some one pocket? You can go and bet the and bet the moon. Jimmy. But you ask you ask my opinion. I think Fedor <laughs> is the best all-around player. Where are you from, Jim? Might be from Europe, right? Well, yeah. I, I, there might have, there might have just been quite recently an all round uh, championship that happened, and both took part <laughs> in it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not, all, it's not always Europe against USA. Yeah, I mean, Billy, I, I agree. Billy's, I agree. Billy's, won, the, opinion, Billy's but, won the one pocket title before at Derby. I mean, what you're going to go talk, to Billy's the best the goal, one pocket player. If we talk about the goal, Errol is still the nine ball goal for me. <clears throat> Errol is still no, the no, nine no, I'm saying goal. who's the best oh, all around player today? Today, I, and you ask me, and I say Fedor. I don't think I, so. I, I think okay, he's in the discussion, but I think, right I think, not, it, I think right it's right not to agree with me. That's why no, but I'm, I'm saying because we've seen Shane's going to be playing against more world class competition today because of whatever's going on with with Better and his inability to go and play. That's my point. You know, I still think you're both wrong. I, I, I what is uh, what is we all know is, you, we, we all know you're terrible at this, Nate. <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you talking about? High five, uh, Jimmy. Where you at, buddy? Give me a high five, buddy. Yeah, right there. Uh, there you I go, mean, buddy. What, <laughs> remove ten ball. Remove ten ball. What 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 game is uh, Shane going to be Denison right now? I'll give you. I'll give. I'll definitely give you ten ball. I, I might give you eight ball. 
what what else? Yeah, but nobody really I think, considers I think Shane wins. I think if they play nine ball, I, now, I think Shane wins. I think yeah. that I think that we're looking at a different Shane that we were looking at a year ago, and I think Shane wins nine ball. Well, what I mean, every, every single time you got every, nine ball bank, I mean, and you got one block. Well, well, let's say, let's say that, let's say they're going to play next month. I mean, name me the name me the time in Shane's career where we didn't say this is the time that Shane beats Dennis in nine ball, and he actually does. I mean, name me that one time and like. When was the last time Shane beat Dennis in, the in only, nine I only remember a few long nine ball sets. I, uh, you know, that was the ones from last. They were year close. Ago. I mean, you don't think there'd be close. even they action. You close. don't think there'd be even action today with Shane against Dennis playing nine ball? No, no. What, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, we guys, always guys, say this. It's all moments of time. These guys could play each other a hundred times and it ends up 50-50. It's all moments in time. You know, it, it's. You can't, I'm trying not I'm to be trying to say who's, who, who wins yeah, it all around between Shane and, 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 and Dennis or Shane and Federer. They could go and play it and Shane could win it. And then, oh, Shane's a better all-around player. Yeah, but next week, Federer could beat him in every discipline. Sure. It's, yeah. These yeah, guys are just so, so good that if they so just When drop, Federer goes and plays Shane, if they have a ball, then we can go and talk about it. If one when, of them when, has when a When you're bad playing Alex sleep. and Jeff DeLuna, you're not – I'm sorry, I can't consider you a great – an elite of the elite 10 ball players. Listen, if you're playing Jeff DeLuna and you're playing Alex Pagulian, go and play Chang and then we'll see how you do. Go okay, and play some great, there. go and say, play some great players in some 10 ball and then we can go and see. And I'm not knocking Federer because I love Federer a lot, but I mean, that that's, there's a big difference as far as who they're going and playing. Maybe there is. Big difference. They're also playing in the same tournaments. Not right not now, not, Jim. You want them to go. You want them to go. No, you, you I'm not saying to, that. Like, you want I mean, it's all hypothetical, Jim. You know, but I'm, I'm just you want them to it, gamble it, and go to 150. No, I mean, and you want you I, think, I, you think to be that clear, I do want to see that. You think that? Well, I would love to see it too. Player, but... I'll, I'll see it. I'll, I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay, but but what you're saying is that the that that dictates who the best player is. But you have two different kinds of players. You have players that are tournament players, and you have players who are these long set. Better can better can gamble. I mean, the kid, of course the kid he can made, gamble. The kid made the gamble. What is the be, What is the better player? Let's let's say they play a race to nine, and Federer wins nine two, and they play a race to one hundred and fifty, and Shane wins one hundred and fifty to one hundred. Oh man, that's not player? what that's not what I'm talking about though, man. Shane's been playing Dennis how many times in the last couple of years? Shane's been playing Chang the last couple of years. In, so, in other words, Shane's play, th There's a big difference in competition, Jim, versus playing Dennis and Chang. Against Jeff DeLuna and Alex Pagulian in rotation. Okay, I'm sorry. here's my question. Then. Why Shane? Well, here's my question. Why is Shane not playing Fedor? Well, that's a whole other discussion. That's a Q tech thing. That that yeah, yeah that's, they, that, they, they won't play. They won't play. Yeah. You know, you we never know. Anthony, I I played some. I don't see Fedor going and knocking on Dennis's right. door. <laughs> For or or Chang's and, door. And well, we're gonna let the fans decide. We're, we created a poll on who's that. We're gonna yeah, let the we fans did. We got said Tim here says what about Moscone and stuff and and so but. You know what I see that the difference is in all the pocket pool tournaments is that there is an elimination so that a lot of these players don't they play the whole tournament and don't get to even face each other. Uh, there's a limited amount of players that they face. When it's you go to a three-person tournament, it's a different well, Ross, you have a, final a massive difference of so many guys and they have yeah. to play each other. If there's eight guys in the finals, the, they all play seven matches. And they all play each other, and sure, I think that's why I love what Shane did because Shane's road to go and get to to play Albin was ridiculous. Tough. I mean, don't get me wrong, Albin, you, Albin had to play Josh, but still. And Shane was in between matches. He was Shane in between matches. Oh, no, he he was taking every table, every table that was free or practice table. Shane was on it. Yeah, 
he was basically had his cue in his hand for 16 hours a day. Yeah. He would finish his match, he'd be straight on the practice table. He'd be asking Emily Fraser, where's there a table for you? Where can I play? Where can I play? He spent the entire five days just playing pool and sleeping. That's all he did. And tournament play, it's it's a skill because you've got a lot of dead time and you have to be able to use that productively, that you don't drain yourself, that you're not getting bored, that you're not you know looking for stuff to do. You have to get the rest when you get it. So it, it is also a skill to be able to, to be a proper tournament pro. Some some are not very good at it. You know, some just get bored and they go and overexert themselves doing other stuff or whatever in their free time. And they're not mentally or physically fresh when they get on James, right. You know? James, 100% right. Because I've seen a lot of guys go and gamble for a lot of money during tournament time. And they're up till four, five in the morning, six in the morning, seven in Kills the morning. Kills their tournament. Yeah. Kills it. And that I don't yeah. think they give two, two Fs about it because, you know, they, they're going after the big... Yeah. You know, the, the the bigger payday, you know, playing by the game or playing a big set or whatever. But you're right. That's what I mean. Like Albin, Albin gets up for titles. Albin gets up for hardware. Al, Al, Albin yeah. gets up for stuff like that. And it's, it's ranking he's points. Any, he's not any less of a player. You know, it's just it's a different mindset. Yeah. These guys, these guys that want the ranking points and they want to, 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 to get up there in that rank and they're going to have to do it the right way. And they're going to have to look after themselves during these tournaments. And um, I. I mean, I, th- I, I personally think there's some there's some that are not very good at that. They clearly are not very good at that, you know. At what, um, Jimmy? What do you mean? Well, they'll they'll take their they'll take their computers with them, their playstations with them, and they'll sit until four or five o'clock in the morning in their room playing PlayStation. Then they've got a game at nine o'clock in the morning. That ain't going to get you very far in this in, in this tournament uh, situation, you know. Don't expect to be playing your best after three hours sleep just because you've been playing Doom or whatever the the kids are playing nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> showing, you're showing your age, buddy. <laughs> Call of Duty number ten or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Grand Theft Auto twenty. I don't know. What we got a nice comment here yeah. from uh, uh, Michael uh, Snodgrass. Here says it's an amazing Monday morning listening to the odd heads <laughs> talk it out. I love this community. He says. <laughs> so we got a nice, a nice shout out there from. Yeah, we're a strange group. It's all fun banter. I can't I can't wait to see you, sweetheart. I'm looking forward to this December. Oh, Jimmy. I, I promise mean, you it's, that, it's, 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 <laughs> it, I mean, when I get to Vegas, I like to give everybody a cuddle, but you're going to get the biggest one. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. You don't, you don't even got to tell me. I already know. I mean, it, there's. I love having these debates. And, I mean, there's a lot of players who are playing great right now. You know, I love seeing, you know. Oh, there Shane, are. Sh- Sh- Shane was great, but Mika almost took down Shane. Darren just, gave, I mean, Darren gave Josh yeah. all he can go and handle. I, this, I mean, there was just a ton of, of storylines together last them. week. I think well, a, shout, a shout out to Mika and Darren. A shout out for Mika absolutely. and Darren for holding up the old guys. End of yeah. it. How strong, how strong was Mika for that, for, for that up to 10-3? Yeah. Some of the balls he was playing and, and, and Darren, the way Darren was playing. You'd I mean, be, it's just filler just it's filler just seems to has it have his number just by that just by a millimeter filler just me, seems Jimmy, to get there I, against him. I said it, I said it, and I was thinking about you when I said it, Jimmy. I said Darren's gonna give Josh problems, and I said, and so is Mika. Mika's gonna give Shane some problems. It wasn't yeah. gonna be a, a runaway train. So you would have been proud of me, my man. I, I'm always proud of you, buddy. And I'm proud, I'm proud of Mika and Darren the way they they, they played up. How I, phenomenal I, I, is it? I, I probably even enjoyed they're almost 50 years old and they're still playing like that. But it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet when you think about it because you don't know you don't know how many more opportunities are going to go and get to be in that position because things got to work out pretty perfectly in order for you to even get a, a swing. 
Well, I tell you now, watch out for Darren Appleton. I, 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 I have a sneaky feeling. I have a sneaky feeling that Mister Appleton is going to snap something off pretty quickly. Yeah. Pretty soon. Yeah. I, I have a, he's going to he's going to go real deep. He's right. He's I'll right on the edge. Right on the edge of going real deep. Real deep. Well, I've got a question about the uh, the pockets. So the pockets, we know that uh, for those that didn't hear, they normally have them four inches. There were some delays with getting things set up, so they weren't able to have the tightest pockets. That clearly made the role of the break much larger in this event than it would be. Now, I have a – there's kind of a two-parter. I'd say that the, the comeback, everyone understands that that comeback that Shane made against Mika woke up the sleeping bear and kind of started making him feel like, hey – I remember how to play a good pool, and maybe I maybe this is things are going my way. Maybe this is my time. Also, the the, the pockets, you know, to make a comeback from 10-3 down, I don't care who you are, is so tough that bigger pockets make that type of comeback less impossible. And then meanwhile, what he did to Elvin, which we agree that what he had to do is keep Elvin completely in his chair, uh, those bigger pockets may have played a role. So my question is to all you guys is would Shane have been able to achieve what he did with the comeback with Mika, the finals with Elvin on four inch holes, or would that maybe have implayed things? And then is that, is it like, did it, was it kind of like lucky that things worked out the way it came together for him? Or do you think that Shane was just waiting for something to spark that fire again? And if it wasn't that, it would have been something else. I mean, it's just it weird. Goes, played out. I don't know. Shane, Shane got to the ways. final of the world pool masters on four inch pockets last year. Yeah. He didn't come back from 10-3 down. <laughs> so. well, okay, but the other question is, is he 10-3 down if they're playing four-inch pockets? No, fair enough, fair enough. I, and that's why I'm asking. He's probably not 10-3 yeah, down in four-inch pockets. There's probably a couple of those breaks from Mika that rattle. I just know that when he plays Elvin in the finals, if they get into like a one or two rack at a time, moving around, fighting for tough shots, fighting for tough opportunities – it's going to be really hard. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to win the way he won. Would he still be able to win? I guess that's what I'm asking. Do you think that, do you think that that helped him or do you think it was just kind of like, eh, it just is. Shane's the biggest advocator of winter break. So, and, and I saw him play good last year on four inch pocket. So for me, I still think he would have had a a shot, you know, but I'm, I'm with Jim kind of in the sense that would Mika have been in that position on, on four inch pockets. I don't think so either. No. I saw, but I, you know what I did see, I saw a lot of balls get hit, hit, hit into that rail early up and still went in. I mean, a lot of balls and right. it wasn't just in that match. They did, it was play, a lot but of they did play bigger than what I expected. They, a quarter. I don't expect them to play that uh, big. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I think after he, thinking about it and, you know, Laura made a comment, it's Shane's time end of story. You know, it's, it's okay. You know, but it's like things play out very, very strange where when you look at what happens, you know, winning these events takes, you know, sometimes it takes a roll. Sometimes it takes, you know, the right draw. Sometimes it takes uh, a comeback to get you woken up, whatever. Um, and and so what's interesting is when you try to look at like the parts of it and try to like figure out where the mad, there was a magic going on yesterday and over the week. And when you try to figure out like, where did that magic come from or what was the formula? I just don't think you can actually break it down scientifically and say this caused this, or this did that. Uh, oh. You know, I just appreciate it. Just it. Was a time and yeah. who's who's going to understand exactly how Look that? Look how happened. poetic that is, man. To go and beat Alex, to <laughs> beat Chang, to beat Ko, and then to beat Albin. Like everything had to come together for Shame to get redemption on all those guys, and 
and not even mentioning the comeback from Mika. It was a perfect storm that made it like yeah. very, very poetic and very special from the beginning to the end. And you don't realize it in the moment until it goes and just comes together. And Shane's got this Jason Shaw look in his eyes, you know. And to be, to be honest, when you look at the semifinalists, he was the one that if you look at the players he had to beat to win a world title, that was a list of players that you should have to beat to win a world title. <laughs> really? Well, oh, not, yeah. You're not, not going to say it was soft for him, right, Jim? I'm not. I, what right. I'm saying is that for the other three, you could have questioned whether or not it was really a world-class field that they had fought their way through. I don't not taking anything away from the players that, that, that were beat on the way, but they were not the same as a Cole. You know, and uh, well, and what games. we remember Co to be, we don't know that Co is still at the same level he was five years ago when the, we he saw took him. Shaw out. He took Shaw took Jason out. out. Yeah, he took Jason out. If you take Jason out, you're playing well. You know, simple as that. And he's still Co. He's still got that. Hour. He's still in. Yo, that last he's, rack he's still was, in was, was brutal, though. Shane, that Shane's last play. rack was was sickening at Hill Hill with Jason because yes. he, he popped that players. ball right in the middle. Don't forget, <sighs> Shane's playing a, 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 pretty much every round against players that are living in his head from recent things that have happened, you know? Kazakas is in his head from the, the Masters, you know? Ko's in his head from a World Championship final. Hey, Alvin's yeah. in his head from a World Championship finals. Mika's in his head from several things in 10 hey, See, the world's he's turning on his head and Jimmy's making so many good points. Every single round he's played, he's fought a mental battle and he's fought demons that the he's only one, The only one he missed was Josh. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Josh was... It. And maybe Josh is in his head. Maybe Josh is in his head more than anybody other player in the world right now. So maybe it's lucky for him that he didn't have to play him. <laughs> he said as much. He's, he's yeah. He's given Josh. He's given Josh that credit already. Oh, I sure. just wanted to respond to a comment. I didn't never. I never said Shane had an easy draw. I was talking about how a lot of things sometimes have to come together, and I was just giving examples of things that at times have helped people get places. I wasn't saying he had an easy draw. Yeah. I also wanted to respond to Nate Tam. Uh, Nate, I owe you a response on a on a cool video. Anybody that's interested, check out Nate Tam. He has a YouTube channel and talks a little bit about getting in the zone. Uh, you said the difference in his last three matches was because he made the decision to have fun. The only thing I'd say to that is is that. I, of course he said that and he was talking about trying to just play his game and have fun and like, oh, but there's a big difference between deciding that that's the right strategy versus being able to actually transcend all the things that we we're talking about in the heat of battle. Uh, you know, so I'm sure that, you know, it's, I'm not saying you're saying it's easy to do. I just, I just think about it like, yeah, you know, I could decide, I'll put it this way. I've decided to have fun when I play and, and, and I don't have a world title. So somehow that, there's maybe a little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah, there there is a, a a true line, a distinctive line between uh, pure concentration and enjoyment uh, in in the game. Uh, if 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 you're not enjoying the game, uh, all the rest that goes with it to get you out of racks, to make you perform at the highest level you can, is harder. Uh, you have to enjoy what you're doing. And, and, and there was a comment here that uh, you saw a little bit of that in Shane in this last tournament. You, you saw were, him having a little bit of fun. There were times when I, when I talked to Shane over the last few days when, you know, he would say, I, I got to play loose. I got to just have fun. Go. I got to enjoy it. But it, he looked like it. That was the crazy part about it is that he's saying, like, I need to do, I need to get in this mindset and I'm not there yet. But when I'm watching him go and play, I watched him be very fluid 
And I thought that th like that was something that I took specific note of as I'm watching him go and run rack after rack after rack. Now it helps when you're getting shape on that one ball to feel a little bit more comfortable, right? And you got that massive break to go and fall back on. But I, I was I was real surprised hearing them going and say that personally. Yeah. You know, yeah. and even and even in the last half of that match with Albin, because I don't think either one of those players were getting easy, you know, runouts after the break. It wasn't until like something like eight six that I thought Shane finally, finally goes and has a decent break. You know, but even then he had to go and work in order to go and get out. Um, but I was real it really took me back hearing him go and, and say that specifically because he he did not look like the first uh, five, six racks of the final, he was he was pushing it. You know, he's forcing the shot. He wants to get out. I have to get out. You know, that one ball that he overcut to go and let Albany, like I talked about earlier, it's like he's trying to get that ball down. It wasn't just coming to him like it was in other parts of that match. But that's natural, I think, even for somebody like Shane, especially in a yeah. world final. Right, what? Jim, but like, you know, when you see like Jason or Josh, I mean, they just, they yeah, but can they, make... but they, but they, but they don't have that same facial expressions. They don't, they don't have the same tightness, you know? They'll miss a ball and it'll go around four rails. Shane will just miss it and it'll be like, ah, oh. you, you, kind of expect, you kind of expect yeah. Jason and Joshua to do something reckless. You don't expect Shane to do it. Yeah, I right? think you're right. when you see it from yeah. them, you think that's you're, just their game. You know, well, Shane's fighting these mental battles, and he, he's in there, and he, and he, it's got to be tough for him. He's got so many demons. If there's any other tournament, he doesn't care. He goes out there and says, "It didn't look like he was worried about demons in the last couple of days. It looked like he was just playing nine ball." Well, I'll tell you, I, I think, think yeah, I think up to a point, point, yes, but because, because when I watch Jason and, and Joshua, uh, when I watch those two play. And it's the way that oftentimes when I've watched Shane, like in gambling matches or in tournaments when he was at his peak, when you'd see him at the table with a shot like the one up the one ball, you know, where he's cutting to the side from off the rail, you wouldn't even sweat stuff like that. You'd just be like, I could just, you know, well, he's got a shot the one, the balls are open. I'll serve he's my out. floor for the next rack. You wouldn't even have to worry about it. Whereas yesterday, you had to worry about it. However, Jim, you've got to, you're also absolutely right on, which is that when you watch Sean Filler, you don't really have to worry about those balls going in. Until they don't, and then to your point, then you just forget about the ones that don't go in because they don't make such a show out of it, or they just they're so loose and fast that like you just, exactly. just, just treat it as a one-off, even though it's the same thing as what Shane missed. Yeah, see, that's why. Like, I think it was even more remarkable how compelling the whole tournament was because I mean, I know we all wanted to see, to see four-inch pockets, but it didn't make it any any less exciting for me. <laughs> no, because I really I think I, it, it, it would be wrong of us not to mention what a fantastic tournament it was. What a uh, job, Matt. They've I raised really the bar again. There's they only did. one thing they did wrong, and that was not let that was let Lechner and uh, Abdul start their semi-final on table two. Other than that, what a what a show! I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, great show. Well, I, 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 did, I thought the well, that, that digital pool website was brutal at times, but yeah, it was. I don't that like the digital. Yeah, I don't. I, it was use, brutal, dude. Emily, oh Matt should just use Q score. It's been proven to be. No, nice. I'm I'm oh, so God. so against you there. No, I, I think Digital Pool is a, a much better website than that. The problem is it just it wasn't ready to it wasn't ready to handle the amount of traffic it was getting. That's right, a well, simple then, little. Wait until dude, and look, we gamble on well, a I, lot I, of I, matches. I, like I gamble on a lot of damn matches, and okay. it, it's okay, so I, tough I agree, to go and fade when you're when you when you can't even get on the on the damn website. Yeah. The, the owners of Digital Pool are like some of the smartest guys in this industry. They'll get it right. You don't got to worry about them. This is a much better website, way more user-friendly. 
use digital pool. It is awesome. It, it is an amazing website. All they need to do is just get it ready for more traffic in the future. I mean, this happens every single year. It happens with the, the whatever the Q score that they used before too. Q score. It's not like Q score was good when these events happen. They, they always crash too, and they never work. So it's like, I don't know. I, I hate Q score. I think it's uh, no. terrible. Well, it's not up to us. Let's just say that the, 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 the digi pool, the, the digi pool, digital, was, pool. The digital pool, it needs upgrading in order to handle the amount of traffic, whatever it Correct. is. It's not the, there yet. And um, so that needs to be worked on. And, and then, uh, yeah. And it, and it, and if 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 the nine keys float into the corner pocket, then don't put another match on. Afterwards. Honestly, honestly, I think that's the reason Oliver lost that match. He's, he's up, he's up, he's he's up ten to seven, and Alex had two short racks, uh, out of two out of three short racks. I mean, he won. He, he won two. He won, he, won, he won two racks playing three shots. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's not good. So uh, I guess the only the only other thing that I would say that uh, I really wasn't a fan of was. Uh, you got to you got to train your refs to to work with those templates a little bit better too. I, I think uh, the whole like marking of I don't care if a ball is on the magic rack. Like you can you can sacrifice one of those magic racks. You have probably three hundred minimum yeah, of those cut things. It. Cut, cut it, it exactly. Yeah. Cut it. Do what you need to do to make sure that 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 the 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 state of play is the exact same before and after that template is removed. And it's not that big of a deal if you cut one up and uh, you know rip it apart to make it so it works. Who cares? Make sure that the integrity of the game is not altered. Because at the end of the day, you can if you can you can see that there was a difference between, you know, that uh, that one ball, you know, that that window at that one ball. It's different. It's not much, but it didn't. It might not have had to be much to be able to make that one ball available. Match? Is yeah. That yes. I saw can, I, I saw pictures of it posted, but there was nothing that was that was clear to me that to say that Shane didn't have a shot on it before and did have a shot after. I didn't really see anything convincing to show me that that was the case. You Oliver see, getting robbed was a lot more egregious than that. Than that, I agree. that damn one, than that yeah. nine ball. Yeah. And I think Oliver wins the tournament from there and I look like a genius and Jim sucks. <laughs> no, you're always, I'm always going to look like a genius and you're always going to yeah. suck. Uh, <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying is Jim, Jimbo, Jimbo picks the up. That would have been a great matchup too. All I'm saying is J Jimbo Jimbo decides to pick the four best players. I pick underdogs, and I would have had back-to-back -back world titles with my picks. Listen, <laughs> if somebody says if somebody says to you, "Who do you Relax, think is going to win the like tournament?" You pick the four players, players you think are going to win the tournament. I only have three. I only have three players on my radar. It's uh, it's Oliver Solnaki, it's Wojtek Shevchek, and it's Aloysius Yap. Those are my three players that I think are going to be different. And I, I who else do I? Jimbo is the one that has six thousand players. Why are you putting this on me? It's, <laughs> it's true. Every everybody with the tournament is on Team Jim every every week. Every week there's a new addition to the team. I picked three players, and you're saying I, I got. Four, I, I, I was I was only you forced four on me, and those four. <laughs> <people on me. laughs> I forced four on you. You said I couldn't have Feder. I couldn't have them. I can only have those four. Okay, I'll take those four, and I'm still winning. There you go. Well. <laughs> At, at best, we're 50-50. I mean, I did have Wojtek, you know, so. Yes, we're talking about nine ball rankings. <laughs> I got some. Oh, right you, have you got something stuck there? Yeah, maybe I, I can help you with that. I got some right here on my bro. Yeah. I'll come over and give you a little help. I'll knock it off for you. <laughs> okay, so before we move on from this, I do want to. Hey, but uh, Oliver give... had a great tournament, too. Don't did? Yeah, Again, great. And uh, to be yeah. honest, Omar didn't do too bad either. He, no. came, he had was, a couple of I was surprised, big, at, I was surprised at Omar. He looked he looked dead a couple of times and he, he came back real strong a couple of matches. Yeah. 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 So uh, I guess let's give a shout out to everybody else. Um, 
another story I think we could potentially spend a little my headset to go out. This is annoying. Um, someone take it over for a second. I, I want to just respond to real quick. Uh, Monk uh, in the comments just mentioned that uh, the man just won a world title. People are still going to criticize it. I, I was trying to understand where this comment came from. I think it was probably because we were talking about how he missed the one ball. Um, and, and so maybe maybe there's an impression that we're like sitting around like, well, he didn't do this or he was kind of, you know, he wasn't really playing. I, I don't I guess I don't understand. We just spent an hour talking about whether he's the. We just basically spent an hour worshiping him of all time. Or really, I don't understand. <laughs> even even me, even the European, even so, the European was saying a great. Yeah, so if anybody in the audience has any doubts about where we stand, we've been spending an hour talking about whether or not he's the greatest of his generation or the greatest of all time, and talking about the magic that we just witnessed. Um, I don't even want to. So, I don't even want to spend any more time on it than that. That, that yeah, that's I know, really I mean, like most players that's have just a troll. <laughs> Have to pay us to say nice things about him. He's getting it for free. That's oh, that's just right. a troll comment. Uh, so I guess well, obviously at this point we know that Shane won. Alvin gets second place. Third place, third fourth goes to Alex Kazakis Alex. and Abdullah uh, Ol Yosef. Nice showing I, for Alex. But how strong is how, how strong is he playing cool Abdullah? Abdullah, I mean, he, how cool he, is he that? Top three at Did storm? you see that match against against Max? Did you yeah. see that match? That, yeah, that, that okay. was bad. That was bad. That was, that bad, was bad from Max. Max well, full. Yeah. And he also, uh, by the way, he also had Jason Shaw eight to eight to three at Turning Stone, um, and Jason ran out the set from like eight to four, or eight to five, or something like that. He had uh, a good show, and he was he was third, I think, at Turning Stone. So I'd say I've watched him play a few sets, and I was going to say, you know, people are talking. We've spent a lot of time talking about Poland, right? What about Kuwait? I mean, mm -hmm. we got to say they haven't maybe done some of the major. They haven't broken through yet. But like, are they the next Poland? You know, with Omar, with uh, you know, I, I can't. I I played a guy at uh, Turning Stone this year too, the Bader. Uh, but like, there's like four of them that are uh, traveling full time, playing and uh, and striking really, really well and doing you know better and better. So I are they is Kuwait the next Poland? Don't know if they're the next Poland, but they're a strong World Cup of pool partnership. The two of them. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. Let's hold off on that. That's a let's, good. Uh, that's a good outside bet for the World Cup of pool. Don't don't, don't ask Nate Pol that. <laughs> yeah, Poland's got twenty players. Poland's got twenty players that you. you and, each one of, and each one Quite of them has been four. Nate's favorite player over the last year. <laughs> I just no, think that like when, when people are talking about like, uh, oh hey, wrong monk. We're all good. But when people were talking about like, uh, you know, what are they doing in Poland or what are they doing here? I think it's actually an interesting question to ask what they're doing in Kuwait uh, because, you know, they're they're definitely doing something. <laughs> yep, they've got some players coming through. I mean, the, yep. the guy can play. He's all out attack. I'll be I'll be honest with you, watching him play, he is all out attack. It is all or nothing. I mean, he well, doesn't you know, have much of a plan B. You, you know what happens, though? He's very I, good. He is very good at his all out attack. I'll tell you, I, so somebody was talking How about How far did they get Mika? So, well, somebody was talking about all-out offense, and my comment about that is it seems like it works out the same uh, for most players is that they get to the top because of a couple things. They have an extreme amount of offense. They have, uh, you know, they pocket. They strike unbelievably. They run out from everywhere. They shoot really, really straight. So they got the firepower. They've got a good break, and they've got a ton of determination and drive. And so you get somebody out there that can break the balls open, generate opportunities, and run out, run out, run out, and they want it really, really, really bad. That's how they get to the top. And then once they're at the top and they play at the international level over two, three, four, five years, their moving game comes together and their kicking game comes together and all these other things. It's not like they can't duck, but it's like it gets better and better and better. And so we saw that with Jason Shaw when he came on the scene. His moving game and his, uh, I should say, his uh, patterns were pretty loose. Uh, when when I saw 
uh, Shane come on the scene whenever he gambled with Alex. Alex won like 70% of the games where they both shot, but Shane just had, you know, the firepower, the heart, and the break. And, and same thing with Filler. You know, when he came on the scene, he was a little bit loose in the moving department, but he just had the, the desire and the shot making. So I think that this follows the formula. These guys from Kuwait, this is we've only really been seeing them at the international stage for a few years now. Uh, I think that this is what they're where they're bringing their firepower and their heart. And then what will happen is as they keep playing over two, three, four, five more years, I think that's where you start seeing some big breakthroughs. Yeah, I think you're I'm right. Gonna, that, I'm also not going to lie to you, Demetrius. I've had about six people reach out to me and say uh, – when uh when Abdullah was on the podcast or uh, was on the uh, the stream, he's like, I've had like four people reach out to me. He says, "When did Demetrius grow out his beard?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, does look, he does look like you, but with a longer beard. Uh... <laughs> anyway, I'd be happy to be mistaken for for him or many other people. No, that was only, that that was the only comparison, just to be. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I have a love around here. Is, but going yeah. back to that, that, that is what that is what pool has become at elite level. Certainly, rotation nine ball and ten ball. It's about the moments where you create that first opportunity in the rack because every there's there's so many players now that will run a rack. So many of the racks are just standard. You run them out. You know, even players of mine or Demetrius level, we're going to run out most racks. Can you create that first opportunity and be the one, the guy that gets that open shot on the one? And you saw that a little bit in the match against Albin. Once he got to the semi-final, he was unable to create that opportunity. When he did get, when Albin maybe didn't get his break and and had to play um, a, a, a push or a safe on the one, Abdullah was unable to create that first opportunity and play that one kick safe that would get him into the rack. Whereas Albin's very very good at that. You know, you said he'll create something out of nothing, and the top guys do that. And uh, that that that's kind of the difference between the real elite, elite, elite tournament winners. And the guys that will make a good run, but at the end of it, they just don't quite have enough in those matches against the, the top guys. And that's pretty much what happened to Abdullah. It's what happened to uh, Oliver a little bit um, last year as well. He just didn't quite have that, the extra knowledge and 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 and, and match play to, to to create the opportunities in nine ball, which is what you need now because running the table, there's hundreds of players that will run tables. Yeah. It's, be, it's about be, being the guy that gets that first opportunity on the one. It certainly is about knowledge to some degree. I honestly just think it's awesome to see that he's in the semifinals of a world championship and has zero patches on his chest. No sponsors, no patches, nothing. <laughs> and he's still finding a way to do it. So I don't want to I don't want to hear another whisper out of any American players who say that they can't afford to go to these tournaments. This dude, this dude, this dude's like traveling from Middle East. You you know that their travel his plane ticket costs probably five times what somebody's plane ticket in the US would cost. And he's got no problem doing it. Why can't we'll probably you? Find, we'll probably find out his father owns a palace somewhere in uh, in one of the oil-rich uh, <laughs> areas. An, an oil field. Yeah, exactly. The guy's absolutely minted. Yeah. You yeah, never know. Maybe. You maybe. Know. But I, I mean, I don't know anything about him. But the, the point is, is, unless he's got like some some really rich people backing him, like I just don't see how you can't. I you I just can't see how you can complain about you don't know you know, not being able to afford to go to a pool tournament. That's when I. He plays oh, he plays okay. the game the right way. He plays it the exciting way. I watched. I saw one of his interviews. He seemed very humble about uh, about the whole thing. He was just happy to be there and uh, just seemed like genuinely just a nice guy who just enjoys playing and and is very very good at what he does. And uh, seems like we need to get him on the podcast to him. So, with him. Any final of a world championship. That's not nothing. Doesn't matter who you've played and how you've got there. You know you can say that Max folded that they had to move tables. That he's nine for it. You're there. Yeah. You're in that. You're in that spot. And that's. You know, 
And it's not the first time, like we said, Turning Stone is not an easy tournament. You know, there's some big names there. He, he, he was knocking Even on the door, beating Jay. He almost got there, you know, and third place. He's got game, that guy. And uh, if he gets the right, if he if he starts to learn the the nuances and the, the little bit of the technical side of it as well, who knows? You know, right. could be a big player. Yeah, I think he's a lot younger than he looks as well. So he's got a few years still to go, you know. But again, a little bit like Demetrius, a lot younger than he looks. <laughs> I'm trying to work out if that was a combo. Thank you. All your support. Thank you. You're getting picked on today, Debbie. Okay, man. I I just try to stay. I don't know. It's, I think it's because Nate put me between Mike and Jim on the screen, and I'm just somehow that's playing a role of this. <laughs> it's possible. You're holding everybody oh, up. As usual, you're holding. You're the strong guy here. You're holding everybody up. What, what kind of shirt is that you have on today, Debbie? Oh, I'm, I'm always rocking my pool boot camp shirt. MN Pool Boot Camp. Oh, okay. I'm trained. Good stuff. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, I guess going, finishing out the uh, the list of players that, um, or the uh, the event, I, I I guess the, I guess going through, I guess uh, fifth through eighth, Oliver Solnaki, Chang Jung Lin, Max, uh, Max Lechner, Josh Filler, uh, and then we'll do the final 16 as well. So 9 through 16, Torsten Holman, uh, Darren Appleton, Aloysius Yap, uh, Dimitri Ajungo, Ko Ping Yi, Nayuki Oi, Ronald Regley, and Omar Al Shaheen. So it was, uh, I mean, it was a pretty, pretty stacked finals. It's not quite as good as a Euro Tour, but it's almost as good. <laughs> um, Wow. Sorry, I had to drop that in there, Jim. Well, well, to be honest, read those names again. It is basically a Euro Tour. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Chang Jung Lin. A Euro Tour with a couple of Asians in there. Yeah. <laughs> <Kopingi>, Nayuki Oi. That's <laughs> what I said. A Euro Tour with a couple of Asians thrown in. Shane Van Boning. And the Shane. And the Shane. But, the, but a, Shane, a Shane is always, even in the Euro Tour, Shane's in there. If he does decide to play them. I want to make a Every player's in there if they decide to play him, you clown. As as the one non-European here, I'd like to make a shout out to a couple of American players, Nick De Leon and Oscar Dominguez. Oscar Dominguez, how close did he come to Shane? Going Shane Wolford. Yes. Shane Wolford, Wolford as well. Yes. But um that was good to see. That was good to see a couple of new guys and Oscar, because I think we, we 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 were pushy, we were pushing a little bit for Oscar from Wisconsin last year. Sure. You know The guy's still got game. He's still got oh, game yeah. and he's and he and what what was he eight, uh, ten one behind uh, or eight one behind came back ten eight ahead and then, I mean, who was his opponent? I didn't see that. Alvin. Very outstanding. Or, uh, no, Alvin played uh, Nick Daly. No, it wasn't against Alvin. It was against um, who did he come back against? Um, come on, Mike. This is who? Your moment. Who Oscar when he came back from eight one to ten eight and then lost? Boy, boy, he was he down was like gone. eight. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Eight, he was down. He was down he was down eight to two, goes up ten eight. Yeah, uh, yeah. He goes up ten eight, and then Oi how strong back. are you playing to, to run an eight pack? Well, on you, the, know you know what? Speaking of what Jim was saying, you know Oscar. Um, for those that aren't familiar with his game, they know he plays good, maybe. But but uh, he's he's very good table management. You know, with the moving game, uh, you know, kicking safeties, uh, game management, emotional management. He's got a ton of gambling experience. Uh, so, so it's like, you know, there's, there's players that have a Fargo rate because they can run balls. And then there's players that are really rounded and experienced. And Oscar, I think, you know, I would love to see the U S develop a roster strong enough that Oscar doesn't make the list. 
But right now, I, I feel like he's he would be a very good addition to the team just based on that that package. I think in race to five, you know, I mean, handling, you know, composure, game management, coming up with those shots is so adapting to conditions. I, I think a guy like that is is a real strong asset. And he's and he's I, one of those guys who's got so much knowledge. He 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 is a guy who who can create that first opportunity. Like I just yeah. talked about nine ball is about about having the knowledge and having the craft to get that first opportunity. He's that guy. He is one of those guys in the American pool. He's, he's just so such a good mover, uh, and and he doesn't really play that much, and he's still causing these guys so much problems. He just turns up there, and all of a sudden he's got new Kioi crapping in his pants. You know, one of the yeah. probably one of the tournament favorites. You know. Well, pretty yeah, much I'll, I'll say that acoustic in his hand every day of the week <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah, strong. Yeah. And well, nice to see a couple. And nice to see we, we we talked about Shane Walford as well. So nice to see him actually oh, yeah. making a move. And Nick DeLeon yeah. as well. We're going to hear more about well, Shane. Really, really. It's been it's been a good couple of weeks for 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 how should we say the 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 the, the new names coming through in American pool with Eric Roberts as well doing uh, well at the the Vegas uh, at the, the the ten ball. Uh, coming through and Justin um, uh, as well. So yeah, it's it's not all doom and gloom. I see a bright future for uh, for a few American players you coming know, through. I'll tell you, that's the one thought I had about that is if you forgot, like if you took our player roster in the U.S., you know, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, to be fair, it's fair. It's fair criticism, you know, to say, hey, look at the Polish. If we had a, a, a Moscone Cup team against Poland or a 20-man team against Poland, blah, blah, blah. But if you forget that we were the U.S. and that, you know, that we were known for pool or that, you know, we had the great players and dominated back in the 90s, but it was still mostly just the U.S. with a touch of Philippines. If you just looked at the U.S. like it was a new country, like, uh, I don't know, country X, Y, Z or something, we'd never heard of this country. You'd be and excited. And they had the player list that we have. You'd be like, hey, man, there's a pretty good country. You know what I mean? Like we've got, you know, obviously Shane, we've got Sky, we've got Bergman, Oscar, we've got some Shane Wolford and Tyler Steyer that are, you know, cu- you know, still, you know, Tyler's cu- trying to get to the top. Shane's making a real strong move. Uh, Wolford that is, uh, we've got, and, you know, we've got some junior players that are playing some great pool that are coming up. You wouldn't dismiss country X, Y, Z. So it's, it's easy to come with this, uh, kind of American spirit that's like, oh, we're supposed to be number one and anything less than that is horse, you know, and horse crap. And, you know, and why can't we just, but it's like, really, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. Okay. I'll, well, I'll uh, take, I'll take Europe in the Moscone Cup. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I'm just saying anything you'll, you'll, you'll sell out, you'll sell out your own grand. I bet them every year, Jim. Those. What are you talking about? This isn't nothing new. Even if I listen, bet them every if, year for even the if last it was, like even 10 if it was years. Five what are you talking me? about? Even if it was five players from my stand, I'd still have my money on my home team. Yeah, he's got no He'll order a coffee every day at Starbucks, and as soon as the Moscone starts, it's going to be a cup of tea. I, I know it. I know when it. That's t- hey, listen, listen, Jimmy, when Team Asian come, oh. comes knocking on the door, you got action, buddy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would. Not interested. There's only one team ma- that matters. Oh, and that's team match that matters. And that's Europe of against course, USA. Moscone Cup. Is oh fair, wow! So. What is it? What a surprise! When there's actually a chance you might. <laughs> whenever there's a chance you might lose, you start backpedaling. What a shocker! Wow! Crazy! I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait till December. It's gonna be so good. <laughs> oh! Wow! We, uh, we're doing some. We're doing some live videos, Mike. Here, here's All a right, comment let's... by Laura. We know Tyler is very talented why do you think he seems to be struggling so much well that's 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 not something we can tackle today we need to get moving on because i still want to talk about 
Um, somebody who, and let's try to keep politics I got off a good of our, answer uh, for that right away. our comments. Well, let, well we can discuss in the coming weeks. Well, I think, well, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, um, America. What I will say is, uh, let's move on to Albin because we haven't hardly talked about Albin at all yet. And I think that, uh, I think that Albin is one of the fiercest competitors, maybe that you're going to come up with, certainly over the last three to five years. And, you know, he, he's kind of known for his, uh, he's getting better, but he's kind of known for his fiery attitude and his, you know, his kind of, he gets mad at the table, right? I mean, we can all just agree that he he just gets really mad at the table. And I think that it, it deserves some highlighting to actually say the first thing he does is he goes up and shakes his hand. And I think a lot of competitors at that point in time would pack their stuff up and they would leave. And Albin stayed there to properly, I guess, celebrate Shane's win. And I think that that needs to be highlighted. I think that Albin did exactly what he should have done in the moment to, to really give Shane his props. And I think, I think uh, given the to, com- I mean, like he was a class, but I think they're supposed to anyway because of all the pictures and the met and the medals and all that. Well, you're supposed. Like, don't get me wrong; it was still classy, but I, I, I think mean, what, I think what I, I think you're right. You know, it's supposed to. It's just hard to actually do. I think what made it easier for Albin was uh, that a he didn't do anything wrong. Like he legit didn't miss a ball, unless you want to count exactly a second jump shot in a row. He never, and even that hit the back of the pocket on his way off the table. But the point, guy played. Albin played almost perfect. And then, so first of all, he can't really feel bad about his performance. Secondly, uh, he had a lot of time to get ready for that concession. So it's not like, it's not like he had Shane 12, 11, and then something weird happened. And all of a sudden he just lost at that moment. Like he kind of had about an hour to kind of prepare his handshake there. And it was, it was pretty clear what was happening. And yeah, yeah, I mean, he was kind of ready. Like he was, he was ready to shake his hand if, you know, so, but yeah, it was very cool to see, and I th- and, and it's great that as fiery as Alvin is, that he still could, yeah, give some. Even though, all right, even though in the in the interview, how you know it's very funny. He's like, of course he had to get some roles, but you know what, you know that happens on the way to a final. So I, you heard I, that too. Right? I, I kind of kept track of the roles. I don't think Shane got all the roles in that set, but okay, anyway. Well, I mean, I'm trying to. Think I heard that. from a, I heard from someone there that after the event was over with. All the Europeans went and personally congratulated Shane awesome. at, at the after party, and they were all very sincere and very genuine. And he got a standing ovation and the whole nine yards. Oh, sure. And all the cameras were off. I, would, I, I tell you, they, I, they, they, they paid him a lot of respect from what very I Very respectful. Yeah. I tell them. you this I think from the 128 players there, if you asked 127 of them, other than Shane, you know, so you have the other 127, you say, if you're not going to win it, who do you want to win it? I'd be very surprised if there's less than a hundred of them that say Shane. Right. It's probably true. I think they're all there thinking, I want to win this, but if I don't, well, he, I'll say he this. Yeah, Shane. Well, every competitor that gets every competitor that gets to the top has put in so much work and dedication and done so much. And and so somebody that puts in that kind of effort can can recognize and appreciate what other people do. And everybody knows what Shane has put into the game and everybody knows what Shane has done with the game. And so everybody can identify with that in a certain way and say, you know, I mean, there's no such thing as fair in pool and life and nine ball, but it's like, it's only fair to get what you deserve for that kind of effort over your career. And I think everybody, every competitor can recognize what Shane has done in his life and everybody can feel that he was, he was due. I've, uh, I've, I've got, I've, I've got, God knows how my Facebook, the, the amount of, of 
Facebook friends I have within the pool world, players and and all that kind of thing. But I'm, we're, we're talking. I must be getting close to about four thousand or something like that. I've never had my Facebook blow up with notifications from one player to Shane Van Boning, like a Darren Appleton, especially to Shane, a Catchy to Shane, a Fedor to Shane, all of them on a tournament win, congratulating him on becoming world champion. I've never seen that before. Sure. That just just the personal messages, not not just, oh, blah, 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 I was second or whatever. Shane Van Boning, Shane, congratulations, great, brilliant, fantastic. You deserve it. It's about time. Well done. Monkey off your back. We all knew you could do it. Blah, blah, blah. Everybody. Okay, Jim, you're um, going a little long. No, it's, uh, it's, he is. I'll just say it's it's a it's a profound moment. It's really a profound it is. It's a massive moment in well, pool. Don't underestimate it. Oh, when, when, when you said uh, when you said your when you said a hundred people, like if you could pick anybody in the field, the one twenty-seven, and you basically said, like, you know, if you can't win this, who do you want to win this? If you remove like people's road dogs and people's best friends, so like Alex Kazakas can't vote for Dennis Graba or Bader can't, you know, they can't. I bet you get above the one twenty-five if you remove your best friends and your road dog. Yeah, and well, that's what I'm saying. Everybody wants Shane to win a title. Everyone, Nobody yeah, begrudges yeah. him that title. They all, they all are glad that he won it. I didn't win it, so I'm glad Shane won it. Al, if you asked every, if you asked 126 players, who do you want to win this, Alvin or uh, Jason, uh, Alvin, Alvin or Shane, Max and Mario might be the only two that vote for Alvin. <laughs> and it's nothing against Alvin. It's just because it was that's, Shane. Yeah, they that's all what I'm wanted it. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm saying. If you remove, if you remove your best buddy, uh, yeah. you know, like the max, yeah. So, um, but I, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think we're all in, we're all in agreement. Awesome for Shane. We're, yeah. you know, we're all ecstatic. And you know, Amazing. what I would like to see, I, I, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna bring on Shane. I think tomorrow is when we're gonna have him on uh, the podcast here to talk with him. Uh, we got, we need to nail out a time yet because he's still on his way back. But um, we're gonna have him on in the next coming days. Uh, you know, I'm going to ask him, is there another title that you think that you need to have to cement your legacy? I mean, I, I don't think that anybody can question whether or not, uh, you know, his legacy is set at this point. But is there one title left that he thinks that he needs to get to, uh, I, I guess, be the best of all time? This is actually a question I wanted to ask you guys. I, I was just going to say the only title that I think that he doesn't really have it, that he hasn't won and doesn't really have a good chance to win at this point are all the, like the 580 Fargo rated under tournaments that they're having in Minneapolis. Uh, I don't <laughs> see him get there, man. I don't see him getting there. He could try to dump and dump and dump. I just don't see him dropping his Fargo rate enough to qualify. And so I don't know if he'll ever really be in the mix when we talk. I don't about know. I don't know. I, I actually well, heard that. Uh, his... 126 balls on four inch pockets. in a diamond. Well, that's not going to happen ever, but, uh, Demetrius, like I, I actually heard that uh, Shannon can uh, toning is going to be in the the area, and he's just started playing pool, uh, and he's going to be trying his hand at a couple of those events. So I, maybe I won't even play anybody whose name rhymes with Shane's. That's how bad that guy scares me. <laughs> uh, but no, but I want to, I want to ask you guys. I mean, we 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 you know we know that Shane spends a lot of time fishing, and it doesn't seem like he puts. A huge amount of work in anymore, you know. When when a big match is coming up or whatever, then he'll he'll occasionally maybe he's playing more than he lets on. I don't know. There have been certain rumors about you know how how long he will continue to play. Is there a danger now that he's got this world title that we might not actually see Shane Van Boning playing pool for much longer? 
I think, think that's Angel. I think this is going to be the start of a second wind. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I think Shane yep. has been in a slumber for five or six years. He's been in a this kind of a high. He's been very, very, very frustrated that he hasn't been able to like bring his real heart and a game and desire. Uh, I think that he's been fishing and, and, and almost like as a kind of like a, I'll show up, I'll do my best. I'll fight. I'll win when I win. I'll snap off some turning stones. I'll get mine whatever. It's not my, you know, this isn't the old Shane, you know, but I'll just do my best. And I know it's, you know, whatever. But now I feel like, I mean, I, I, I heard that there was a lot of interviews of Shane just in the last couple of days, just like five minute interviews. Somebody had said that he, I don't know firsthand, but somebody said that, he made the comment that he forgot what you had to do to win one of these things. And that, and that, you know, something about like, he's the, I would say it this way, when you're playing pool, it's a challenge and you don't know if you can get it done. And it's so hard. It's like more than you can do. And you have to rise to the occasion. And there's a challenge in rising to the occasion. That's really meaningful and exciting. And Shane did that for years. And then it got to the spot where he didn't have to rise to the occasion. He would just show up and punch a clock and win. And he kind of got where he was like autopilot mode. And then all of a sudden, the, the people in the game, the Europeans and all the game elevated and the international game elevated, all of a sudden his autopilot game wasn't good enough. And it was almost like he he forgot how to dig deep and fight again. Uh, and now that he's like, oh, shoot. And so then people are kind of beating up on him. And he's just like Popeye without a spinach. He's like, man, how come everyone's being so mean? And I don't know, man. I, so I feel like his whole fishing thing was almost like medication. Like he was just kind of like, Hey man, I, I got to find some other joy because I can't seem to do it with pool right now. I really feel like now that he's had this re, re you know, reassertion in his game or whatever, he's like, Oh, I still have it. And that's how you do it. And you know what? I still like doing that. Let's do that. So I, I really think this is going to be the beginning of a good wave. Have, so have any I, I of you guys that. ever pulled an eight pound lake trout out of a little hole in the ice? <laughs> You I know, I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet. I have done it, and there is nothing more exciting ever. <laughs> but okay, when you're comparing this to everything, have you won a world championship? <laughs> no, yeah. let's, okay, let, let's then assume that this is a kick on for him, and this is a motivation for him to to keep going. And this, <laughs> and it goes away. You say that this is going to be something that's going to kick him on. Is there a chance that we have not yet seen the best? Shane from yeah, morning. I, I think, think so. so. What if what if because how scary a thought is that if we have oh, yeah. not yet no, seen the best Shane from morning? You know, yeah, you think that, that's, a, that's a great point. Like, what if he had all the all the firepower and hunger of when he was, you know, in his mid twenties, and then you've got the tournament experience, the moving and the, and the match play experience that he has later in life? You know, we yeah, we might have a hell of a ten years. It's possible. I, I will say this: I think he was closer to retirement if he lost that than he than if he won it. That's fair. I mean, how 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 does it got a how does it got a feel to him? He's wanted this probably for you know twenty plus years, and he finally got back to another finals. You know, when he's potentially, you know, his timing is starting to dwindle down. He's you know, there's no way that he hasn't thought, well, is this ever going to happen for me? Yeah. Again, but it, dep it depends when. If he loses that match to Mika, it doesn't cause as much pain as if he loses that final to Albin. Well, well, that's what I'm. That's why I'm saying he's close. Depends he's when to... you lose. You know. Have, have you guys uh, well, ever think... had the feeling of what it's like to be a defending champion and coming back and defend your title? What that yeah, does but... to your what that does to your psyche and your motivation. Have, it's never been a world title, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, but still, that really doesn't matter. It's all on different levels, anyways. But that's Shane's dangerous. That Shane is dangerous when one of two Seriously. things can happen: either 
if Shane's got a chip on his shoulder or if Shane's free stroking. Those are the two spots where he's as dangerous as ever. And Shane got that monkey off his back. I expect him to be a lot more loose and free. And I think we've seen it with a bunch of players. Look at Kazakis. Once you start one and one and you get that monkey off your back, the, the floodgates can go and open. And I oh, would yeah. not be surprised if Shane goes on a on a tear. Yeah, well, right, so I'm gonna watch ask the rest of the world because if yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm if gonna ask everybody if he's if he's only gonna go one way from here. Jesus, the rest you bet the rest of you better get on your bikes and start practicing because <laughs> you if you're gonna if you're gonna try and hang on to his coattails. Okay, it'll be so fun. It'll be fun how he does against like Filler and Fedor in the next tournaments, and especially Filler and you know who's kind of you know it'll be fun Filler's to see the test for him. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be fun to see those matchups over the next mm. couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully the they do get those matchups. So, so we're going to close the, the – I'm going to ask one more question. We'll close out the conversation with this. Uh, what means more to Shane's legacy from here? A, pred, or a, a World 10-Ball Championship or his sixth U.S. Open? Which would do more to cement his legacy? Mike, what do you think? I'm going with, with Pinozo. It's, it's the sixth U.S. Open. He's chasing, he's chasing the ghost. You know, he's, he wants to have one above, above Earl, yep. 1,000%. That's what I well, think I'm it not, is. I'm, I'm with that. Also. He's already to me. He's already a great ten ball player. He wants to go and say he's got yep. one up on that. Something nobody on that. else has done. Yep. Yeah, and I 100 percent agreed. And I think that uh, you know, winning another title is another title. A sixth U.S. Open. I mean, five is already absurd. Six, it, it becomes it's like exponentially absurd the number of U.S. Opens he's won, especially given the nature of the fields in his career, especially over the last few years. So. Yeah, I think um, – I and I, I, I also think that he's going to be really hungry to defend his world champion. I think he's going to oh, want another world championship. But it oh, would, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be a hell of a storyline next year when he uh, when he oh. enters again, uh, you know, to see if – what if he back-to-backed it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Jim, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, U.S. Open without a doubt. I think uh, the, the, the only reason – I mean, the U.S. Open is his is his number one. Uh, that 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 is his – after after he got the nine ball or the world no, championship, no, no, U.S. Open. Put it this way: if if he had five, if he had five world titles, five world nine ball titles, and no U.S. Open titles, and then he won his first U.S. Open, he would be on his knees in tears. You would not get an interview from him. That's how much the U.S. Open, you know, it's it's not level for him. Well, the U.S. Yeah. Open is his number one, but he's won it so many times that it, because when he know. started playing, and you know, listen, all throughout the nineties and two thousands, yeah. like. To me, the U.S. Open was always a major. And, yes, and it, it was a major. Yep. So it's almost like a bait and switch. Like Shane set out when he was upcoming in, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002 playing pool. The U.S. Open was considered, it wasn't the world championship, but that was the major that everybody wanted. That was the, the most yep. prestigious, most competitive, most sought after event in the world. And Shane went after it with all of his life, won it five times. And then somewhere along the lines, the world championship was like kind of like something in Qatar that yeah people played and I don't know Daryl Peach and Thorsten won I guess and and but it's like the U.S. Open but then all of a sudden somewhere along the lines it's like well how many world championships do you have how many world championships and it's like it's almost like the, the goalpost got moved on him and he's like damn it now I gotta go that I gotta go get one of them <laughs> but yeah the, the the U.S. Open it's his it's his home major you know it's that is the main for one sure. for him that's the one that, that that's that, that's given him the legacy that he has you know. And if he can get that one more, that number six, and be on the opt-out list, can you see anybody else getting six? I Never find it very difficult to believe that anyone's going to dominate like that and get six in the future. So he's only one he's only one away from probably having the all-time record for the rest <laughs> of pool 
it, I'm I, trying to imagine a situation where anybody gets past three at this point, and I'm struggling yeah, to come up. With you know, it. but okay, six is six is a long way. A long way. <laughs> well, you know, what and, I'm saying uh, is, so, I don't, you know, I, I, who, can get, I, who can get to three at this point? Yeah, that's what I. I, I well, you know, Appleton, I, well, okay, Appleton can get to three. Six. Appleton right. get to three. He's playing well. No, I'm talking about. Well, I'm talking, well, I'm, I'm talking about the next generation. I'm talking about the next generation of players. Of course, players that already have two could like. Yeah. Do we think Josh, Josh is going to get to three? Federer could get. Uh, uh, Josh could get three. Yeah, why not? But they're not going to get six. I mean, if 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 you gave me the rest of Josh's career and I could take the over or under on, let's say. Three. I I don't know that I take the over on U.S. Open. I might have to take the under. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not saying what you'd bet on. Can they do it? Is he good enough? Yes, he's good enough. Yes. Well, well no crap. Like, but is he actually going to do it? Right. If, if hypothetically, Josh, hypothetically, Fedor could win fifty of them, but that's that's silly to think about, right? I mean, no, but he's not good enough to win fifty of them. And Josh isn't good enough to win ninety of them, but theoretically, he could, right? No, but he's good enough to win three. And that was your question. Josh is good enough to win three in the same year. <laughs> three U.S. <laughs> Opens in one year. There you go. That's how good filler is. He can win three of them in two years. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I, I guess, I we're, think, talk, I I guess think, we're talking about how if people are good enough to do things, and sure, but I actually work. I'm trying to actually work in the situation. Of will they do it? And I don't think they will. Yeah. Okay. Omar Omar Al Shaheen is good enough to win three too, but you're not going to predict that, are you? No, he's not good enough to win three. Oh, you don't think so? No. No, because no, he's no, not no, one of your four players, right? He's not one of your four. But all of your four players could win three. What about what about Judd uh, Trump? On Where's that note, no, he's not good enough to win any. He won't win. <laughs> he won't win anything. <laughs> I'll, I'll play him a set. I'll play him a set to one hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd but like anyway. to see that. So would I. It'd be fun. <laughs> but yes, I think I think right. it's a unanimous U.S. Open. I don't think he cares about a ten ball. Man, He'd like a ten ball. Three glasses of wine, though, during the run. Good. I'll have one every yeah. every ball he might make. So I'll have one else. Every so 50 balls. Well. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Laura Berg, yes, Jason Shaw does have a U.S. Open title. Uh, and I guess with that, we can close out for the week unless anybody else has anything else they want to say. Um, awesome. It was just beyond words. Brilliant. Beyond words, awesome. What just, you know, I just want to say thanks to the universe for allowing me to play pool and watch pool during this time that that happened. That was... <laughs> No, really, that was uh, I, as a pool fan my whole life, uh, witnessing something that's that's that meaningful and that um, you just don't know when those moments are going to come in your life where you're like, man, I'm glad I got to see that. But that was that yeah. was it, man. So congratulations to Shane. Yeah, Th- forty years ago, I would have had to listen to it on the radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I just I just love how there's there's. There just seems to be stories every single couple of weeks now, you know, mm-hmm. and and fairy tale stories, you know, and this is this, this is the this is the number one fairy tale story for the last twenty years is Shane getting his world title. So uh, I think it's great for pool. I think it's great for Matchroom. That that's they'll be delighted as well. I thought they put in a great event. It was a fantastic ending for them. The defending champion against the guy who you know. Had to win one eventually. The defending champion and the guy who says, 
Really, it was the, guy, the defending champion and the guy who took a dig at Shane in the press conference, you know, picking on him that he's not a world champion. <laughs> well, technically, you could say all five of them took a dig at Shane during the press conference. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't put it all on Albin. I thought it was a pretty quick comment, to be honest, unrehearsed. I thought he did quite well. It's all in good fun. Like I made a post about it on, on the podcast page. It's all in good fun. It's not like Albin is like being malicious. He made it. He poked a little fun at him. And I think like how poetic is it that the guy who poked you know fun at uh, Shane for not having a world title gets to try to keep that going and Shane beat him for it. I mean, like <laughs> well, it, I, I just I'll, I'll close. I, I want to add one thing. I, I saw a comment about Earl Strickland. I've now changed what I'm rooting for in 2022, 2023. I'm rooting for Shane to win his sixth U.S. Open. And then Earl to come back and win back to back and take seven of them. It's like, you were, where'd you come from? You're supposed yeah. to be weird. Okay. You're digging deep there, but yeah. That'd be I pretty like cool. the idea. And then Mike Siegel comes back and wins the next nine. Oh, in God. Row. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> if we're going to go crazy, let's go crazy with it. Yeah, guys. that's that's crazy. <laughs> My, I, I do I think, in, 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 in <clears throat> replying just to, to, to Nate, I. Is it not time we, we we stopped everything being about Moscone Cup for every single event? You know, yeah, we're, we're not all we're not all Americans and Europeans for these individual events. You know, it's not about you right. know those are European against an American. I love how he fight. says that. He says that when the American finally wins something, you are just you are just the one time in the last twenty years. An American wins a world championship, and now all of a sudden, oh, we don't got to have these separations here. We don't got to. Oh, my God, Jim. Give me a break. You know we had messages before the final. I'll pull them up and show everybody. Nice one, Mike. Oh, you did say, like, the Cinderella stories we've been getting. This is obviously thing number one, but I think you got to have at least an honorable mention to Alex Kazakis with the Masters. I mean, this trumps that, but I mean, that – that every single really, tournament there seems really to be awesome. this. this <laughs> yeah. Every single tournament, there's a story. There's something fantastic that yeah. happens, and it's just yes. it's great for the sport, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't wait to see what happens next. What's going to happen at the World Cup of Pool? What's going to happen in the next Masters? You know, yes. the UK Steph- Open. Stephanie know? says, "What will we do with our lives until the next event?" You got to practice. Practice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to my next event uh, in two days. I'll be flying to uh, New York City for the NBL national event. I'll be doing comms for it the entire time. Fun. So make sure to tune in to listen to that so you can hear my sweet, sweet voice on the comms the entire time. It'll be so much fun. Yeah, I'm, going to, the G- I'm going to the GB9 on Thursday, and then I've got the the UK Open, playing the UK Open after that. Yeah. Okay, you're going to play in the UK Open. Of course. Well, um, at least two matches. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do well. I think you'll do better than that, Jimmy. What I want to know is, uh, are you one of your like? Are you going to extend your five players, and you're going to take yourself, or do you only no, take no? Mike, Mike won't allow me to okay. take myself as well. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. Negative. I only get. Nope. He made Negative. it quite clear. I only get those four. So if I, if mm-hmm. I do get an Albin or a or a Shane or a or a Josh or you're going to kick Jason out so you can keep I, yourself. No, no. If I, if I if I do end up having to play one of those four in the final, then I'm going to I'm going to you know I'm going to sandbag the final. Yeah. It's all Congratulations! Right. You should move to the. You should move to America. We uh we'd be a good place for you. You like sandbagging stuff there. like that. Yeah. All right, we're closing out. <laughs> so Thanks everybody for tuning in. There's so many accusations of sandbagging. Somebody can win the leg, run 11 racks, and they post on the internet that the other guy dumped. It's so. Stupid. On that note, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not talk about Anton Raga. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That's All right. See you later, guys. Bye.